If we really believe that men are lost apart from Jesus Christ, it should become a burning incentive to evangelize with zeal and passion. Billy Graham. Evangelism is the proclamation of the historical, biblical Christ as Savior and Lord, with the view to persuading people to come to him personally and be reconciled to God. Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached throughout the world. The evangelization of the world does not mean that all men will respond, but that all men will be given an opportunity to hear. No one method will be right for every person in every situation at any given time. But some method of evangelism is certainly right for all people in all situations at all times. The Holy Spirit can take any method and use it to win souls. You can learn more about sharing your faith by going to the top of the page and clicking on Grow Your Faith. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our weekly podcast over here at Bay Point Church. My name is Michelle Prine, and we're so glad that you have decided to join us today. We have some great questions that pop up every week, and for this week, um, we're kind of going to talk about preaching. So why preaching plays a prominent role in worship. Um, What is so important about that? And Pastor John uh, has been thinking about it, and I am blessed to have an office right next to his where I hear him just painstakingly go through his stuff every week. You can smell the smoke, I can smell it, and he works hard. So let's find out more about that. Hello, Pastor John. Good morning, uh, Michelle. Good morning, Bay Pointers. It's a privilege to be back with you again. And uh, make sure you uh, really kind of digest this. Uh, it's important because, listen, you, if you're a Christ follower and you're dedicated or loyal to a church and have been all your life, you, you've heard thousands upon thousands of sermons mm-hmm. and uh, so much preaching and teaching and all those types of things. So you probably want to know what it's about, why it's there, and as Michelle addressed earlier, why it uh, plays such a prominent role, uh, as I like to say, in the Protestant pulpit. It mm-hmm. doesn't play a prominent role in some other um, denominations. But So when we think about preaching, we got to go to Paul's uh, words to Second Timothy, his young mentor, protege in the faith, who he's grooming for the preaching office or preaching ministry. And he says to him in 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 2, listen to the heaviness of the scripture, Michelle. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with Great patience and careful instruction. This text always reminds me when I uh, first uh, transferred to the Florida Conference from Western Pennsylvania way back early in 2001, and I got to know one of the preaching legends of our conference down here. His name was Riley Short, who preached for uh, multiple years at the uh, Great First Church of Lakeland. And uh, since uh, my church was close to his, he liked to take the young buck preachers to his side, take us to this hole-in-the-wall barbecue place, and uh, he wanted to invest in us. And one day he took me to that place, and his very first question, very first question, can you preach the word? (laughs) And I said, absolutely. He said, do you preach the word? 
because preaching has something to do with God's word. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Well, so because uh, Jesus is called the word in places like John uh, 1, 1 through 4. Uh, God wants to communicate with us uh, through words we can understand, uh, like scholars like to say, propositionally, in words and concepts that we can grasp. And so God loves to communicate with us. And he has called, according to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, uh, fivefold word offices. You might have to help me with this, Michelle. So evangelist preach the word, prophets preach the word, pastors preach the word, teachers teach the word, and we'll get into that in a moment. And um, Worship leaders sing the word. Worship leaders <laughs> like to sing the word, yeah. But, but the last one was uh, um, pastors, prophets, <laughs> pastors, prophets, oh my Lord, pastors, prophets, evangelists. Uh, teachers and apostles. I'm sorry, apostles. it's apostles. Those are all word-oriented. That's um, uh, ministries or offices. So God wants his word to get out there. So what is preaching? Now, preaching is kind of a, a contemporary application of God's word, which we know God's word is ancient, even though it's Holy Spirit-inspired um, and authoritative and applicable uh, today. People need to understand God's word in this moment, in this time. What is God saying to his people? Well, the basis of what he's always saying to his people is something from his written word, the, the Holy Bible, the 66 books uh, of the what they call the canonical Bible. Um, God always said, now how we apply it in this contemporary setting will change from generation to generation, but the word itself endures forever. And... Um, so preaching becomes that contemporary, contemporaneous uh, word of God for the people of God in any given moment. Um, the Protestant Reformation uh, really kind of heightened, if you will. Uh, it honored the word. It exalted the word above every other word. And back then, you know, in the 15th, 16th century, the word of God was even higher than the word of the popes, uh, which was a massive shift uh, in people's understanding at that time. Uh, Martin Luther, one of the primary uh, reformers, a German uh, reformer, uh, one of his tenets of the Reformation was sola scriptura, and uh, meaning only scripture, scripture above everything. Well, we have to do a good job as... Um, Paul told Timothy, and we see an abundance of texts, we have to do a good job, do our best to preach the word uh, in terms of knowing what it meant to its original hearers and from its original author to what it means to us today. That's kind of the essence, if you will, or just a really quick definition um, of preaching. Okay, so how do you go about preaching? So what is your method? Well, my, my method in preaching, and I think you alluded to this a, a little earlier, uh, you know, what is the difference between the preaching and the teaching office? Pastors got to kind of do both. Okay. So if we could get into that difference just for a quick moment. Um, really, uh, in the, the New Testament, there are two distinct words. Sometimes they're a little bit integrated. Sometimes they're not. But... The primary word for 
teaching uh, in the New Testament scriptures is actually uh, didaskalos, or from, from which we get the word didache. That's more a teaching body uh, or teaching, a body of teaching material from God's word. Um, so teaching is primarily aimed at your, you ready for this, Michelle? Your nouse. Nouse. Your nouse. What's a nouse? A nouse is your mind. Oh. Okay, it's your brain. It's your thinking critical faculty, nouse. right? So teaching becomes more, I need to fill you up with this kind of information, okay, because the more you understand and know this, uh, the more you, you'll be able to be transformed, glorify God, and all that. So, however, the difference with preaching is another word called karuks. Karuks and uh, or caruso, and that word means to hark, to herald, to proclaim, and so the goal of preaching is really not so much aimed at somebody's mind; it's really aimed at their heart. It's really aimed at their will. For instance, in in preaching, say. You're at point A. God wants you in your faith journey to get to point B. So he'll send a preacher to you, primarily on Sunday mornings. And um, he'll send a preacher to say, you know what? I can't go through all the reasons here. And I can't explain all the nuances of this particular text. The only thing we know is that you're at point A. And God wants you at point B. So preaching says... Get your move on and get over to point B. That's why we've had some so many interesting and amazing characters in the preaching history of the church, mm-hmm. uh, especially the street preachers and all that. They're not trying to explain something like we do in right. teaching. They, they, you're here. You get over here right now so you can enjoy God's blessings and 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 things like that. Now, what we do on Sunday mornings is a little bit of preaching and teaching. It's a little bit of do the work, the study uh, of what God's word meant to its original hearers and from its original author to, okay, we have to kind of establish for you, especially when you have more established churches, we have to establish for you kind of the the reasons. No, it's a very interesting uh, exchange of ideas there too because... Um, the Bible is filled with what they call it indicatives and imperatives. We know what indicatives are. Indicatives are these kind of why. Why does God want you to move from point A to point B? Well, imperatives are whether you know why or not, get over there. But there's a rhythm to that in the Bible. Like God will say, be ye holy because I am holy. Because God is holy, that's the why. That's why we should be holy. But how you get there, or even if you fully understand God's holiness or not, or how we become holy, doesn't matter. Get holy. So that's kind of the difference between preaching and teaching ministry. Uh, Teaching, say, in a small group or in a little seminar, that's a little more dialogic. That's a little more go through the details. um, That... Teaching is a little more on the indicative. Preaching is a little more on the on the imperative side. So on Sunday mornings, what we're doing is kind of kind of a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there are people that really do need to repent of their sins and get right with God. And then there are saints that need to understand why or how, say, Jesus was fully God and fully human at the mm -hmm. same time. So um, why don't we just have these self-help sermons, ones that just, you know, feel good, kind of uh, Oprah Winfrey-ish. Type. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can name Oprah. some. Yeah, I can name some other preachers who actually do uh, Oprah on Sunday mornings. Well, first of all, I, I would just say there's one gift. Honestly, there's one gift that the Church of Jesus Christ has to offer the world in terms of it cannot be duplicated anywhere else in society, and that's the preaching of God's word. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listen, you can find oration better anywhere else. You can find music better anywhere else. You know, you can find fellowship better anywhere else. But the truly the single greatest gift the church can offer the world is God's holy word. Mm -hmm. And I, ju I just feel like, yes, you can use some of those things as illustrations. Sure. Um, you know, because God does want to speak to you know, motivating us in terms of, you know, being cheer-led or, you know, a little bit of therapy, I guess. But that that's not the role. We can get that somewhere else. We, mm -hmm. we honestly can't. We can't get the Word of God anywhere else. So if I'm going to have a couple minutes with God's people all together at one time, I want to give them the Word. Mm -hmm. No, you just can't you got to add to that and just in terms of illustrations and personal stories and that. But really, it, it, it's about proclaiming God's word and what God wants to do with his people on any, any given week. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I, like for you, when you're here and you're preparing and you're, you, you feel led by maybe a sermon series or, or something like that, um, and you're, you're planning for that. Um, you know, how do you, how do you go through that? How do you go about that? Okay. So, um, I, I think for me, first of all, my style and everybody has a little style. First of all, um, I take it seriously. I am called to preach. That was my calling, um, since 10 years old. So I'm very passionate. Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time figuring it out, mm -hmm. studying it, uh, trying to get more and more effective at it and better at it. I mean, I just love it. And preaching is the center of my ministry. And the reason it is is because preaching is the center, the spiritual center of a healthy church. And by that I mean when the Word of God is preached correctly and accurately, and led by the Spirit and uh, from God's Word, it, it produces spiritual life. Without the Word of God being preached, there is no spiritual life in the congregation. Right. And, and that is why, and this is going to probably shock our uh, listeners out there, and maybe you too, Michelle, the average length of preaching on a Sunday morning in a growing church is 41 minutes. Ooh. I know we would think the shorter the better. I get joked, uh, people make jokes about that all the time. I think we want roughly go 30 usually yeah. ar around that area. So 
So for me, in terms of my style, uh, and everybody got their style, um, I, I think for me, what I try to do is pray. Mm-hmm. I do. I said, Lord, what, what do I need to hear from you? And what do our people need to hear from you? Um, not that I hear that perfectly or anything. And, and other things is I really do try to stay balanced. Um, I know there are some preachers that get on kind of that one-trick pony thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's all they do is salvation messages. Or all they do is healing messages. Um, I, I was never wired like that because the charge that we read in Second Timothy uh, chapter 4 was preach the whole word. Mm-hmm. The whole word of God is inspired and authoritative. And uh, so I try to be balanced, I'm, I'm sure. I have my favorite things I like to preach about. But I, I know you. I've known you a long time. And when you're, when you, you actually pay attention to what's around you. You know, what would be, uh, what would be the right thing? What, what the church needs to hear right now at this time? Uh, maybe whatever's going on in the world or something like that. You tend to, um, you know, be aware of that. And that's what I notice about you. Well, I, 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 I try to when I'm in that phase of God, okay, uh, what do we got to do? Like, obviously, if there's a big event that happened in the world right. or things, how, how do we view that perspectively from the Word of God? And, and then how do we go out, live it, and apply it? So for for my kind of methodology, if you will, on a week-to-week, that's the amazing thing, Michelle, and you know this as the uh, uh, worship arts director, you know. Sunday mornings come around with amazing frequency, <laughs> don't they? Every week. Okay. So I, I just tell my viewers, uh, I live by a rule uh, that I learned way back in seminary that for every minute you're in the pulpit, that's one hour of preparation. Mm. Wow. So, I mean, at this point, doing this for over 25 years now, obviously, you know how to get there faster, you know, and, and things like that. But I enjoy it. I enjoy the study for it, the prep, the prayer for it, asking God's Spirit to help me um, kind, kind of grasp, you know, in my finite thinking, what what would be the needs uh, of the congregation. So, but really, I would say... Honestly, any given week, uh, a fourth to a third of my time is spent on preparation for preaching. And, and that, that, first of all, becomes a deep dive into what God wants to say through his word, uh, understanding like the original languages of the Bible, or the languages of the Bible, the Greek and Hebrew, that really helps. Um, you know, because the more accurate we are in understanding what that particular word meant to the original hearers from the original author, helps us know better what it means today. Mm-hmm. So so I really try to get that. I try to understand that. Sometimes my, my time's limited or my brain freezes up. And then I'll go ahead. I got, I got probably a thousand books in this office. Um, so I'll go ahead and if I get stuck, I'll just check out one of the, you know, common commentaries, work through those just a little bit. Sometimes, you know, when you're tired, because it takes a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people just think you throw something together. I've never, ever done that. Um, I've always tried. It, look, I'm going to honor everybody who comes into this. I want to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I want to honor people's time. I want to value that. So I want to be as prepared as I can. And so, so, but sometimes I'll get a little stuck. And I'll go check out one of the 
famous preachers, you know, what did they think of this passage or one of the famous theologians or scholars? Check them out to make sure I'm tracking right on that. And uh, so spend a considerable amount of time just understanding what the text meant. And then I start thinking about, okay, so what does that mean? Because probably, maybe, I would say around, the church is only hearing about a third of what I know about this particular topic on this particular sun. Right, you have to pack it all in. You got to pack it up. And and so I've been spending a a lot more time, and I've been doing this, I think, better, maybe in the last 10 years, is, all right, it's, the sanctuary is not not a classroom. Mm -hmm. So I really don't like when preachers get up or charts, graphs, you know, and all this. And, okay, so we could all go to the, um, you know, the small group room. Mm-hmm. It's not that because, again, yes, there's an appeal to mind, but primarily it needs to be an appeal to heart. God wants you to change your behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, we do a little more of here's why he wants you to change his behavior. So it's never that. I like to use the graphics, you know, just so I think it's, if we see things and hear things simultaneously, there's a chance it may indeed stick a little longer. Hopefully, prayerfully, and all that. But I, I think for me, I've been trying to write things a lot better. A couple of reasons. As you know, we post uh, the manuscript of the sermon on Monday mornings. Uh, we video it. I mean, when you think about it, the sermon is one of the most expensive expenses of the church itself. Just in terms of the time, I have to involve myself with it. For me, it's a week-long endeavor. I never try to get it all done and, you know, if I'm going to spend 20, 25 hours on a message, I I, I try to just pace myself through the week because I'm still praying over it through the Uh week. And God wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, nope, you got to rephrase that better or this. You got to, you know, uh, sculpt that better. Uh, I don't really try to make sermons uh, memorable. I don't Hmm. do that. I know that might sound kind of funky. It does. But if you, I know, I, I really don't because I think it's, the sermon is in this moment. Mm-hmm. It's a living dynamic in this moment. It's kind of like the manna of the Old Testament. Remember, the manna was only coming out of heaven. It only lasted one day. The reason why I say that, if, if we asked your husband, David, David, what did Michelle cook for you three Thursdays ago? <laughs> Uh, well, well, he'll say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's easy. By chance, if you did cook on that right. particular day, could he remember it? Right. No, but the only thing he would know is he ate. Yeah, right. He ate. So, and that was good for that day. So, so for me, I mean, we preach about average forty-five times, almost forty-eight times a year. Wow. Think of it that way. Right. And so, and I've been doing that, you know, since I've been in ministry. So, you know, if I had, if I tried to make everything so memorable that you never forgot mm-hmm. it, I would probably never get out of the design phases with it. Yeah. So what I like to do then, back to your question on how do we do it. So I like to think of things in pictures. Okay. Now there are different types of preaching. So you have like narrative preaching where you can do a, like sort of like put your you know, brain in and preach through the eyes of, say, Doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's narrative preaching. Uh, there's expository preaching. That is verse by verse. I like to do that every once in a while. In fact, I want to do something like that in the fall. Let's just take a book 
go through it verse by verse. I've done that. Um, ex- uh, exegetical preaching is tied into the expository preaching. Um, then there's a, I said narrative preaching, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, there's the narrative preaching. Then there's like kind of the book preaching, go through a book using mm-hmm. pretty much the expository message, uh, a method. And, uh, and then there's a, a series preaching, which tend to be a little more topical. I, I've been doing a lot of that lately. Yeah, you, uh, you like those. I think it's just because I'm getting older and my brain's getting foggier. <laughs> but it, it, it really is easier to think in terms of a series because that helps you. You're, you're not trying to recreate a new message every week. Well, like week. you said, you have to cram everything into one Sunday. You can spread it out over a series. Right. right. So so I like when I do that, I like to take the big themes of Scripture uh, to do that, like we're doing the vision works thing right now, mm-hmm. like uh, God's vision, Jesus' vision, Holy Spirit's vision. This week it's the church's vision. So you get a little more momentum, I think, and a little more continuity um, and I think that helps people stay with it. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, you got to just keep things fresh. You got to keep them, um, change it up a little bit. Um, so, so for me, I think just because I've been doing it so long and, and I know pretty much, you know, have experience with a lot of the texts and things, I've been spending a little more of my time on the writing phase of it because we do want to post it, like right. I said, on, on, on Mondays. Too get it out on video, they give it a little longer lasting life, and for posterity reasons too. So, that all being said, really working hard on trying to get my brain out of me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds weird, right? And and I do uh, try to say, okay, so here's somebody walking on a Sunday morning, they may not know the Bible from... Name a book. Uh, Dr. Seuss. Yeah, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and I, I really try to think, I really do try to preach to that person. I know we have a lot of established church veterans and super saints and, and things like that, but I, it's kind of the Martin Luther um, method. Martin Luther, uh, the reformer, um, he had a lot of princes, he had lawyers, he had doctors, he had kings in his congregation. And he was once asked, is it hard to preach to them? Because they were the elite, mm-hmm. you know, a German society. He says, no, because I don't preach to them. Mm. And it was kind of a stunning answer. He said, if you're not preaching to them, who are you preaching to? He said, the fourth grader. Mm. And he said, What? He said, right, because if the fourth grader gets it, everybody else will get it. Mm -hmm. If I preach to the kings and the princes, the queens and all that, the most educated in the group, then nobody else is going to get it. So I really, really do try to to do that. And um, I I always love Luther as a preacher. If anybody asks me, who's your main hero in preaching? Other than John Wesley, it would be Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. Um, I love what he said. He, He said, when I mount the pulpit, uh, because in the uh, you know medievalist uh, European church, the pulpit was exalted mm-hmm. above everything in the sanctuary except the cross, mm-hmm. and they want to do that to show the uh, supremacy of God's word. And uh, so you actually would walk up a spiral staircase to get into the pulpit. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do that, that here. Cool. It'd be awesome, right? Love it. 
His God's word is exalted above all things. And he says, when I mount the pulpit, I stand between heaven and earth, fighting for the souls of my people. <laughs> That's, That's kind of inspiring, isn't it? Very inspiring. Oh, my goodness. And so, so, like I said, I, I, I do want to write it. Now, when the live bullets fly on Sunday morning... Um, you know, how do you make things uh, easier to understand or to grasp? You want to use personal illustration. Uh, I do um, because I think that authenticates mm -hmm. what we're saying or illustrations from other saints or, or other parts of the world. I don't like to use a lot of canned stories. I, I really don't. Um, yeah, telling, you know, some of those uh, tremendously hilarious jokes I tell. Yes, you your know. golf jokes are just... Um, Aren't they the best you ever heard? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and, They're and, funny. And They're I funny. think the purpose of that is just that, listen, it's a joy to hear God's Word. Right. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been, you know, because I like to get out and listen to preaching uh, on my days off. So, man, I tell you, it's just... If you lose me in the first 30 seconds, you're never getting me back. Mm. You know, and I'm really trying to learn something when I go to other churches. Mm -hmm. But if a, a person gets up there and if they read, mm. oh, my Lord, I, I just promised myself 20 years ago, I am. No, I would say from the first start, I don't want anybody reading to me in a pulpit. Mm -hmm. Now, there are texts, obviously, to read mm -hmm. or really important quotes. But if you're sitting there reading to me. And you know what? Just send it to me. I don't have to show up on Sunday <laughs> That's morning. Right. So I always wanted to have, you know, work on the delivery. Because mm -hmm. I spent about 50% of my time not just working on the background stuff, the research stuff, and, and the writing stuff, but also the, the delivery. I think it's just really important that we're able to engage people. I don't, I don't want to go up, listen to a, I hate to say it, but kind of a really slow a slow paced monologue where there's no vocal variety there's no, no eye contact no passion right i really do you know and those are just skills to be learned which i, I really try to develop so for me preaching is about god's word being proclaimed and taught um but if you're sitting there and I'm boring the smoke out of you. Yeah, what's it? It's not making a difference. <laughs> right. It's wasting everybody's time. Right. Well, I, I think it is. But, and that doesn't mean there aren't hard texts to preach and teach. There, there certainly are. And it's not all fun and games. It's not. But I think that an enthusiastic, passionate delivery with good oratorical stuff like vocal variety. Mm -hmm. And you know all this from the music field and the entertainment field making the eye contact, making deliberative movements, you know, things like that. It's all, all, all part of it. Mm -hmm. So preaching is a science. There are some things that you need to do to be an effective preacher, but it's also an art. And, and I kind of like, like that because God's using my personality mm -hmm. up there, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. He's using me in, um, at that moment. So... That's the joy of it, and I, and I can just say, when I feel God's presence and pleasure the most, and this is how you understand your giftedness generally, when I feel his presence and his pleasure the most, and his power is when I'm preaching, 
more so than when I'm praying, mm -hmm. more so when I'm counseling, more so than when we're doing the fellowship meal, more so than we're doing outreach. So, so for me, that's a, I don't know if I need it, but that's just another confirmation. I'm doing what I was designed to do. Yes, absolutely. So, um, there's I, no denying that. There is no denying that. <laughs> definitely tell. Uh, well, thank you so much for giving us all this insight. And I personally am looking forward to next week's podcast because we're going to talk about the role of music in yes. worship. I get to interview Michelle yeah. next week. I'm and excited we'll about that. Talk about the hymns and the contemporary songs and all that kind of thing. So um, we pray that you have just uh, learned something this morning that will help you. And to... Um, Get to church to listen, to pray for your pastor. Amen. And he needs all the prayers he could get. Now, we all do. But we just want to thank you so much for being here. And uh, be sure to share this podcast. And you know what? Bring a friend to church next week. That would be great. So we're going to end this in a word of prayer. Pastor John. Right. And thank you, Michelle, for uh, coordinating this little interview podcast. Uh, if we're going to have to, if God wants us to listen at least 30 minutes every Sunday to a preacher, uh, it's a blessing to know why. Mm -hmm. All right, let's pray. Good and gracious God who has revealed himself to us in word. Um, we thank you for that. And thank you. Uh, I thank you personally for the calling you put on my life. And as we're going to see the calling that you put on Michelle's life next week in terms of the importance of the music ministry. So, Lord God, just uh, as Jesus always um, prefaced some of his parables or his teaching with, let him who has ears listen to what the Lord is saying. And that's all we want to do on Sunday morning. So bless this podcast, bless our church, bless uh, every listener who's listening to this now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.